but anyway, here we go. Can you hear me? Hello, hello, hello. We got okay. We're fine. You're listening in, Esteban. Right, we've got the sound working. Right. Well, Esteban has asked me to uh, give a little bit of an introduction to stewardship from a biblical perspective. After 15 years' involvement uh, in running small group studies in handling finances God's way, God called Galen and I to go to Sri Lanka to teach stewardship and church governance to pastors and church leaders in Sri Lanka. It just goes to show how God can use anybody to achieve his purposes. <laughs> now, the night before the first seminar, the Lord gave me this word as an encouragement because he knew that I was very, very nervous. But he all, it was also a warning. And this word was subsequently given at the beginning of every seminar that we conducted. But it's even more relevant today. God said, a wedge has come between me and my people. This wedge is materialism and the love of money. My people need to reconcile themselves with me again. And this can only happen by their aligning themselves with my teachings. My people have to be faithful and obedient to my word. They have to lock onto me like a magnet attaches itself to the steel hull of a ship and they are to come with me. Only when my people obey my word will they position themselves to receive my blessings. Now stewardship is not only about finances but today I want to talk to you about stewardship as it relates to money and materialism and how God expects us to handle these. How we think about and how we handle money is important to God. In fact, there are over 2,350 verses in the Bible dealing with how we handle money and possessions. So why is it so important to God? Matthew 6.24 tells it best. No one can serve two masters. He will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You see, God knew that the biggest competitor for time with him would be the love of money and possessions. So the challenge for us all is trying to work out how do we fit into God's economy? We don't want to starve and we don't want to be greedy either. We want to be generous, but we don't want to leave ourselves short. So what does God expect from me and what part does God play in all of this? Well, a good starting point is found in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You see, we need to think differently about this. We need to open up our hearts and our minds to a new attitude towards finances and possessions. 
a way that is far different from the way that the world views it. We need to establish some foundational principles on which we will build our God-focused economy. So let's set the scene. God is a covenant God and he has a role to play and they are his responsibilities. And we as his stewards, we have a role to play and they are our responsibilities. Now if we look at this wheel here, if you look at the top part of the wheel, you'll see that's God's part. As the master, God's responsibility is to, is to furnish us, his stewards, with all the resources that we will ever need to carry out the work that he wants us to perform. Our responsibility, which is in the, the bottom section there, we are to be faithful stewards of, of all these resources and we are to behave in a way that will enable us to achieve his purposes that he has assigned for us. So let's look at God's part. Firstly, God owns everything. It may be hard for us all to take that in, but it is the very first thing that we need to accept. God created the heavens and the earth, and as such, everything is his. The Lord says, I own the cattle on a thousand hills, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, the land is mine. And you know, all these resources that we have throughout the world, we've been given those free of charge. No man had to go and grow the Amazon jungle or put oil under the Sahara Desert. Secondly, God is in control of everything, both in the universe and in our circumstances. Remember, in the beginning, God set the planets in place and he set them in motion. And they have established the seasons and the years and the days and the nights. And remember, he holds it all together. Thirdly, God provides for our needs not necessarily our wants. And there are many instances in the Bible where God has provided supernaturally. These, these three attributes are wonderfully summarised in 1 Chronicles 29, verses 11 and 12. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendour for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honour come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. So that's God's part. Now what does God require of us? And this is depicted in the lower part of the wheel. What does this look like? The things that God asks us to do are very much behavioural things. They are things that are in our control. We just need to intentionally do them. Firstly, God requires that we, that we act honestly in all our dealings with each other. Number two, he requires that we would have a diligent attitude to work. Three, we need to have a healthy understanding of the ramifications surrounding debt. 
4. We need to be discerning and humble and willing to seek and listen to wise counsel. 5. We need to train up our children in knowing the Lord and obeying his teachings. 6. We should look to save diligently, invest wisely and be generous when able. 7. We need to have an eternal perspective in life and at the same time learn to be content in all circumstances in which we are faced. There are dire and unintended consequences for failing to observe and follow God's ways in these areas. The Bible abounds with wise teachings that we can learn and use to develop our lives and to bring us into alignment with God's thinking. Hopefully we will be able to expand on these things in the weeks and months to come. Let us pray. Almighty God, we are so thankful that you are our Lord, you are our King, you are our Saviour, Provider and Sustainer. Lord, as we come before you this morning, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you bring to our minds all these things as we walk in our daily lives. Help us to follow them, to listen to your leading in these areas, because we know that when we do, our lives will be enriched and that we'll be, we will place ourselves in a position where we can be used to achieve your purposes in our lives. We ask these things in your mighty name. Amen. You've got an altitude problem. <laughs> very much for we appreciate the teachings of yours and at the moment what I want to ask is we, that the stewards is going to help us collect our offerings please come to the front and so also the singers maybe we can start singing the next song we just come home